When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? Welcome into the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And we are in the victory lounge today, Cody. Cubs win 4-1. to one. My name is Corey Friedman, joined by Cody Del Mendo. We hope to be joined by Ryan Herrera live from beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Later, the Cubs get back in the win column. They are back at 500. Matt Mervis makes his debut. He gets his first MLB hit, his first MLB RBI. Ian Happ homers. Justin Steele continues a a franchise set record-setting stretch at this pace uh, on the mound. All in all, exactly as we hoped for, Cody. Beautiful day here in Chicago. We have a big prospect debut. Cubs get a solid win. Elite vibes today in Wrigleyville. The vibes could not possibly be more immaculate right now, considering the week that we have had. Uh, Corey underscore Cubs. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, what, a, what a game. You got, you got everything you needed today, uh, and that's usually what leads to wins. But steal, shoves. Your defense helps him out some. Ian Happ had a great catch in left field. Swanson made so many great stops in the hole to make outs look so easy. Nico with the the jump catch, a double play. Um, I mean, you that you scored early. Saya honestly didn't have the best day, but his first at bat, he uh, you know with two outs came in the clutch to get the Cubs on the board. That sets the tone of the game. Uh, and then Ian Happ hits the homer, and then Mash Mervis, baby. Uh, not the not the greatest debut, but he showed up late, got the Cubs a little insurance. I don't know if it would have mattered or not, but when you, got Mar- when you got Mark Leiter Jr., a.k.a. lights out, going lights out there and out. shoving it, uh, yeah, was, you Mark got everything Leiter you absolutely Jr. needed. Lights out, and you heard it here first last summer on this podcast. I swear we were on Mike, Mark Leiter Jr. We will, we will, as a reliever before anybody. We were... We were screaming it. We were defending him against slander. uh, If there is anyone that will never get slander about Mark Leiter Jr. uh, ever again, we'll be on this podcast because we will not allow it. Yes. Uh, But a lot to talk about if you're joining us live in the YouTube chat. Uh, Thank you for joining us if you're listening later on your podcast feeds. We appreciate that as well. I see so much in our YouTube chat. They want to talk about Justin Steele. They want to talk about Miguel Amaya hitting the ball really well. He didn't have a lot to show for it today mm-hmm. and, and really so far to start his MLB career, but he looks good at the plate, and I do want to talk about that. Uh, Justin Steele, and you know, you mentioned it, and it was just one of the – I almost forgot about it, but Dansby Swanson is so good <laughs> at shortstop. He, it's, it's so – he makes it look so easy, ranging to his right, that kind of sliding play he does. He goes down to his knees a little bit. Uh, the routineness with which he's throwing guys out from the outfield is is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so obviously credit to that. And, and, you know, to your point about Matt Mervis and the insurance run, when you 
lose a bunch of one-run games in a row to some you know not great teams over the course of the week, yep. we'll take every insurance run we can get. All I know is if Eric Cosmer was up in that scenario, I know there's two outs, but if he was up in that scenario, I don't think any of us would have felt as good as we did with Matt Mervis up there today. And that's kind of the point of why Matt Mervis is here, to bring a spark to this team. The dude struggled today, struck out in the bat before, grounded out in the bat before that, and I don't remember what he did in his first Had a game. couple strikeouts. Oh, yeah, two strikeouts. My bad. Again, not the greatest day. Didn't let it affect him. Yeah. Comes up. Crowd's getting up for him. And he, again, I, I understand it, it wasn't a tie game. It wasn't a run-run game. Maybe the, the, it wasn't the most uh, dramatic moment of the game or anything like that. But we've, been, we've, been, we've talked about the Cubs failing to get guys in when they're in scoring position. And then... The Marlins gifted the Cubs a guy in scoring position that inning with uh, the outfielder having a uh, Gregory Polanco moment. Yeah. And, uh, and I, the Cubs took advantage. I, I do. I, I appreciate, you know, the the point that you mentioned. Like, it, it wasn't – there's a lot of emotion from Matt Mervis on a day like today. His parents were there, as you guys saw, if you watched the broadcast on Marquee. And, you know, some tough pitchers, right? Cabrera really tough on lefties, as Jed Hoyer noted on the broadcast. Then they bring in a tough lefty against him that third time, and he mm -hmm. stays in it, you know? Uh, it, it isn't necessarily the most crucial moment in the game, but the Cubs needed those insurance runs. It helps their bullpen. They needed it. Uh, so I think <laughs> for him to be able to stay in that after striking out a couple times, yeah. and, you know, the pressure, you want your first MLB hit, you want to get on base the first time in the MLB. Like, there's a lot of emotion and adrenaline and, and stuff going on. So I appreciate him saying in there. We do have a couple early Super Chats we appreciate. Uh, we also have uh, Carter Hawkins in the chat who says uh, he's confident the analytics department can get Cody's chug time below six seconds. So Well, that said, we ran out of 12 ounces, so we have 16 ounces. Oh, and so we this have to is adjust gonna be, the time. This, this is going to be tough today. Yeah, you got to add like yeah, uh, 25%. Adjust. We have to adjust the time, oh, honestly, but... I you want to hit those super chats, Corey? Yeah, yeah while, while, while Cody's pour. uh, pouring his Goose Island 312, uh, one from Steve. Uh, Mash Shout Travis out is a dog. 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 Another one from RWB team. Pump this into my veins, and Steel is unbelievable. Justin Steel is very really good. Is I think once uh, Cody finishes up with this beer bat, we can dial into some of these numbers on Justin Steele. But again, just setting the table here, it was a 4-1 to one win for the Cubs at Wrigley Field this afternoon. Seiya Suzuki with the first RBI of the game, then Ian Happ with a two-run homer. Matt Mervis providing the insurance run late, and it was a three-pitcher recipe for David Ross's Chicago Cubs today. Justin Steele, seven innings of one-run ball, no walks and four strikeouts, followed by Michael Fulmer for a clean inning, allows just one hit, and Mark Leiter Jr. picking up his first save one inning just one hit and one strikeout that was the recipe today again the Cubs back to 16 and 16 do you need to let that head yeah let's a let this bit? settle a little bit and talk okay. about some of this um yeah I mean I kind of went over some of the stuff I was really impressed with Leiter Jr. in the ninth mm -hmm. I mean it was a 4-1 game but He's been he's been lights out. He's been lights out all season. I like him getting that opportunity. Do I do I want him there the rest of the year? No, I still think Albert Alzale is the guy. Um, but they went with Leiter Jr. in that that moment. I if it would have been a one run game, I probably would have rather them gone with Alzale. 
but it, it's technically a save situation. So I'm, I mean, good for him. Um, again, they're they got to figure out this bullpen, and they figured it out a little bit more today because Fulmer was good and Leiter was good, and when you're getting seven innings out of Justin Steele, it makes it a lot easier on your bullpen too. So absolutely. Uh, that's probably the thing that no one's really going to be talking about this game uh, because it was just two guys. But in my opinion, the bullpen is something that, um, you know, they it's been good. I know a lot of, like, in the losses, a lot of us have been frustrated. A lot of us have gotten irrationally angry about it because of how David Ross has put certain guys in there when you didn't want them in there. I get that. Um, but – you know, it's 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 May fifth. They got to figure out what guys are supposed to be in what roles. So I like that they went with the guys that they did in the innings that they did today. And so I, I think he learned a little bit more about his circle of trust, as we call it. Sure. And um, that's big. And again, it helps when you lead by three runs going to the ninth inning. As opposed to one. Right. And yeah. that's why you got to score runs. And yeah, two of them came from a home run today, insurance run from Mervis, and the big two out clutch hit by Saya. So. I, Again, you gotta you gotta continue to find a way to get runners in when they're in scoring position, whether it's two outs, one out, whatever. You just you just got it more often than not. I do, you know. I think obviously we've had some questions about some of the stuff that David Ross has done over the last couple of weeks in certain instances. Uh, I do want to give him credit on a couple of things. You know, early here, uh, one, you had Michael Fulmer struggle right in mm-hmm. in the kind of starting the year as the closer role. They moved off it pretty Mm -hmm. quick right and moved him to at least slightly lower leverage not just sticking with him for too long and the results have been better since they did that you also go back to last year and there were a lot of instances where folks would ask you know why do they keep going to this guy why do they keep trying this guy out and Mark Leiter Jr. is a good example of why last year even though it's of course not how we want to spend a baseball season watching a you know 90 something lost team Mm -hmm. That's where that season was productive as we go forward here. Because even though at times you had certain guys where you're like, man, this guy's struggling. Why do they keep forcing this? Why are they making this guy go two innings or three innings? And this is why. Because Mark Leiter Jr. has come out of that, and you got that experience. You got those samples and data. And now he looks like a really, really good back end of the bullpen reliever. And that's sometimes what you have to push through, especially in a bad season, you have the time to do it. So I think the flexibility of Ross in the early going here with the bullpen, it's going to continue to need to move and shake because you just don't have, you know, Hall of Famers back there. You don't have guys with huge pedigrees to just stick in those roles. But I appreciate his kind of flexibility and being, you know, malleable to the situations. Uh, I see Joel said we got 163 in the chat. We got 39 likes, 163 in the chat. Now Joey just hovered over the screen, 171 in the chat, 41 likes. Hit the like button. Hit that like button, folks. We do have a uh, another super chat from Doug. Appreciate that, Doug. Steele is going to be an all-star this year. You heard it here first. He better At this rate, he better be, right? Yeah. Uh, I also saw a, a follow-up response in the chat. Uh, that was, you know, kind of like screw him being an all-star. He's a candidate for the Cy Young right now, which, you know, that's getting ahead of things for sure. It's only the beginning of May, but if he keeps pitching like this and we'll look into some stats that, you know, he has not just been doing this Mm -hmm. to start this year. This is dating back a pretty significant while now. Uh, he, he's going to be in that conversation for sure. 
I'm going to say my two cents about Justin Steele, and then I'll, then I'll drink the bat, guys. I see all of you, all of your comments. I appreciate them. Um, again, I say this every Steele start, I feel like. Anytime this guy has <laughs> some sort of adversity, he doesn't let the pressure get to him. He gave up one run today. The one run, the inning he gave up the one run, honestly, I mean, it could have got, it could have got worse, but he managed to get his way out with yeah. just limited damage. And it also helped that Ian Happ hit a home run right before that inning. So I've just, that's what impresses me the most and continues to impress me the most is anytime things aren't going perfectly for him, he just continues to figure out a way. And it impresses me because it's not like he's some 10 year vet. Like this is this is like his second full season, right? And last year we didn't like came coming into last year we didn't know if he could be a starter for the Cubs on the next great Cubs team. This and we saw what we saw in the second half and this year he's only continued it and we're talking about Cy Young, we're talking about <laughs> we're, we're talking about All-Star, like sure. all these things. Again, the the thing for me about him that impresses me the most is he just figures out a way to get you quality innings in quality starts like four strikeouts today loud six hits like he's not gonna overpower you it's not like he's out there throwing a hundred he just he's a two-pitch pitcher who goes out there and figures it out yeah. and that's like sometimes especially with him like let uh Less is more for him in a way. And uh, I don't know if that makes any sense to all the pitching gurus out there, but for someone like me and Dell Metrics, that's, a, that's what it's like to me. Because, like, I see him go out there, and, again, it's not overpowering, but he just knows what he's doing, and he figures it out. And, again, whenever he's in those situations with runners on base, he doesn't let the big inning happen. And that's, that's something that a lot of young pitchers do like. It, Absolutely. You know, Caleb Killian last Saturday. Um, Wesneski's done it a little bit this year in, in bad starts. Like, I know he's 27, but again, he's a very young major leaguer. And the fact that he's just going out there and honestly, in, in some moments, it feels like he is a seasoned vet, vet out there doing things. And so, again, just hats off to him. He continues to prove that uh, you don't have to be a top prospect to be anything uh, in, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Again, drafted in 2014. And, you know, it took a while for him to get here, but, you know, he you, just continues to impress. You have got to. I think he's got to chug, chug the beer now. Beer. Chug the the beer now. Our, our live YouTube chat, if you're listening on the podcast feed, <laughs> is getting irate at how long Cody has let this beer. I think I saw somebody say uh, it's, it's, it's old enough to shave this beer yeah. for how long it's been sitting here. <laughs> okay. Remember, b before he starts this, though, this is Six, four more ounces. It's four more ounces so because we don't have any 12 ounces to, left. To calculate that. We have. This is for uh, this beer back chug is for the 203 people in the chat. If we if we get uh, if you apparently if you do it under 20 seconds, Michael's going to do a twenty dollars super chat. Ooh, so there's okay. your inspiration. Well, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, this this beer back chug is for everyone in the chat. Justin Steele, Ian Happ, and and Matt Mervis in his debut. All right, here we go. If you are listening on our podcast feed, Cody is currently Drinking chugging a beer. A 16-ounce 312 from our lovely sponsor, Goose Island. Oh, Best min beer minimal spillage in here. In the city, we've got keep, keep going. minimal Come on. spillage. 16. Uh, that's his first pause at 16 seconds. Mm, this is a 16-ouncer. Not going to hit 20, And it is close. for Justin Steele today, uh, the third lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. Cody has done 28 This is the biggest mess I've ever made. That was a mess. <laughs> Do you need a paper towel? Not bad. 
He might need a paper towel. Vibes are good. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, we'll see how the chat on YouTube here receives that Open beer chug, how, they, how they feel about that. Uh, <laughs> we do have another super chat uh, from RWB team. We appreciate those. My friend, uh, how unlucky is Miguel Amaya? We will talk about that. He says, I, I, I feel so bad for him. Uh, looks good, though. And I, I, I think that's what's important. And, you know, we talked about it, too. Like, obviously, Justin Steele has been great. But it's good to see that even when you get Miguel Amaya back behind the plate, Justin Steele still continues what he's doing, and Miguel Amaya is able to fill in there uh, amicably for Jan yeah. Gomes and, and get the job done. Multiple, the two hits, he hit, or two batted balls today over 100 miles per hour, one to dead center that I thought might have got out, um, and then the other one was a liner right at third base. <laughs> third baseman almost didn't get it. So you got to like the at-bats he's giving you. Uh, and it's not like he's not helping, or it's not like he's hurting Justin Steele. I th- I think the framing has been one of the most impressive things as far as the defense. Um, I was like, got a little scared when he got hit by a pitch. It was yeah. like right on the elbow. Lucky that uh, that didn't get him in the wrist. Yeah, or something lucky, like lucky that. that didn't yeah. do anything. Um, but yeah, no, you gotta like you gotta like the approach and everything that he's bringing so far at the plate. Baseball gods owe him, man. Yeah, so uh, of the five hardest hit balls in the game today, uh, looking at exit velocity, all five of them belong to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Four and five were Miguel Amaya, 103.9 and 102.5. Number one, Cody, and I believe the fifth hardest hit ball by a Chicago Cub all season here in 2023 Matt Mervis, Mm. 111.2 miles per hour off the bat on the first major league hit of his career. If you paid attention to him in Iowa or just, you know, followed along with the tweets and stuff, you know that he is a frequent top of the Exit Velocity Board's uh, member, is Matt Mervis. Uh, We do have another super chat. Foreign Uh, Empire. I I thought he was actually talking about like a dog, like the animal. Until I saw the last sentence. He says, this is for Maddie. He is a dog. Do you think he will stay in the lineup tomorrow? Who pitches for the Marlins tomorrow? I haven't even looked. I would assume so. Uh, I mean, you know, look, they had him in there against Cabrera today. He was very tough on lefties. Jed Hoyer even said that when he was in the booth. Uh, You know, just kind of noting, like, we knew this was a tough matchup for him, but we wanted to get him up. We wanted to get him up to start this homestand, get him here on Friday, uh, and just kind of do it that way. So they knew that it was going to be a tough matchup. So I, I, I think at this point, like, I expect to see him... I don't want to say every day, but I think he'll get rest like a normal everyday starter. Like if he has significant struggles or maybe there is a matchup that they truly do not want him out there for, um, you know, but it is going to be a righty uh, with an over six ERA for the Marlins tomorrow. Uh, I, I would expect him out there unless he, you know, needs a reset day. We saw Trey Mancini you know, not long ago, get those, like, couple days off. He really looked like he needed a reset, and it helped. He came out and has been hitting well ever since. So I think unless we get something like that from Mervis in the early going here, I expect he's your first baseman most days and maybe DHs a little bit. But, yeah, I would expect to see him out there. Yeah, I mean, that's why they called him up. So I, 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 would, I would lean to believe that he's going to be out there tomorrow. 
Uh, Barbara, yes, I am reading the chat. I understand everyone has been uh, shitting on me and my inability to chug that. Well, I think Barbara was wondering if um, Steele pitched to Amaya in the minors. I I don't know if that's why she was asking because she she had asked that a couple times. I don't know if that's. I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he's. They've both been in the minors together for so long. He, Amaya was just hurt the last few years before this year. So. I feel like Amaya caught freaking Kyle Hendricks in the minors. You know? He's been there for so long. I, I would have like, to look that one up. Yeah, it's not as accessible as the mm-hmm. MLB catcher numbers, but uh, they assuredly have a relationship. Gary Ross said he they've, did. They've crossed yeah. paths, yes. He, and he could confirm. Thank and if Gary. there's one thing I believe, it's um, anything that comes from Gary Ross. Just numbers on uh, Justin Steele before we you know hit our first ad break here in a second. Uh, our guy Ryan Herrera, who is out at Wrigley Field, hopefully can join us later in the podcast, uh, at Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. Steele has six quality starts in seven outings in 2023. He has gone 14 straight starts, allowing two earned runs or less. It is the longest streak since Jake Arietta, who did 14 straight uh, from July of 2015 to April of 2016. And I'll add on a little note uh, from our friend Jordan Bashan at MLB.com. The modern Cubs record for such a stretch is one more start, 15 by Jack Taylor in 1902. So when we talk about like how good Justin Steele has been, not just in 2023, but around, I, I think Ryan had tweeted out, it was around when he became, uh, I think, a father last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or his birthday last year. It was some milestone for uh, the All-Star it, break last year. I want to say it was his, when he became a dad. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we can see that, right? He has the third lowest ERA in Major League Baseball right now at 1.45, the lowest ERA in the National League, right? Mm-hmm. He's behind only Garrett Cole and Sonny Gray. So it's easy to see how good he's been. But he's, like, entering the Chicago Cubs records. How about this from Jack R.? Beginning of the season, steal plus two hundred thousand to <laughs> yeah. win the Cy Young. I think Was I'm reading that. Was it even that. available? I think I'm reading things? that right. Two hundred thousand. He's now plus three thousand. Like if you have that, it's it's it says you a lot. Threw a couple dollars on there. This is getting yeah. real. This is you should you, be though. looking into some yeah. serious hedging strategies. But yeah. that just goes to show, like he's shooting up. I just yeah. it 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 feels very good to be having conversations about the turn of two centuries ago, right, mm-hmm. in terms of where he's sitting in franchise lore at this point on a day where we're also talking about a few other homegrown guys that the Cubs have brought up and made their debuts and and contribute in these lineups. Like Justin Steele doing this and throwing to Miguel Amaya, Nico Horner making those plays at second base, right, Ian Happ hitting a homer and making the catch in left field, like – this is what you develop guys for. Mm-hmm. This is why everybody obsesses over the prospects and the system and yeah. all these other things. It's for days like today. Jed said it when he uh, got into the booth. Like, these are the most exciting days for the whole organization because there's so many people that play a role in getting these guys signed, developed, scouted, trained, healed when they're, you know, coached, et cetera. And, you know, it's it's an exciting day at Wrigley Field. Yeah, uh, and not only was it exciting because of all of, like, the stuff going on today with Mervis and even Amaya making his, uh, you know, Wrigley Field debut. His parents were there, too, again. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just a big win for this team, dude. Like, lost 6-7. of seven. 
You you lost, you went one and five on a road trip, lose three or four against a Nationals team that's not good, and you got swept by this Marlins team that you finally beat today. Um, it's a big win, and hopefully they can take this momentum into tomorrow and win a series. They, I I've been negative this week. I've been angry because of the way they've lost games. But the one thing that I'll give this team over any of the other any of the other teams in the NL Central. Pirates got swept by the Rays, which everyone's getting swept by the Rays this year for whatever reason because the Rays are that good. But, you know, the Pirates came down to earth a little bit, and we're not really sure if they were going to be able to sustain this hot start that they've had. Milwaukee got swept by the Rockies. Yeah, Chris Bryant and the Colorado Rockies. And the Cardinals have lost six in a row and got swept by the Angels. I mean, we're going to be in this all year. If yeah. this if this division is wrapped up in at the end of July, I'll put my hand up and say, well, I, I, I spoke too early. You can all blame me for jinxing it, I guess. But, like, there's no way the Cubs are going to fall out of this. They came, at, came in today four and a half back. There's, they're going to they're gonna be in this all year. And the thing is, is the, to wrap that around is, even though those one-run losses were annoying and – they easily should have won some of those games just from their own doing. They were one-run losses. They were in every game that sure. they lost. I mean, the Cardinals got pounded by the Angels. The Pirates lost a combined 15-4 to four to, to the Rays. Milwaukee blew a 4 nothing lead yesterday to the Rockies. So, I just, this is me saying, hold up on anyone who thinks the season is over. Let the season play out a little bit more. And then kind of go in kind of grade it but this was a good win to get back into the win not only back in the win column but get to get some momentum going again because these these next few weeks are important they got some tough teams they got to play got to finish the series with the marlins got the cardinals next week with who you who you know what is coming back to wrigley for the first time and they got the twins they got to play houston this month like there's there's some important games, so you got to win yeah. these games that they're that they should win. And I know they got swept by the Marlins, but we know that they should have at least won one of those games against Miami. In my opinion, it's sweep or bust the rest of the weekend against Miami. Yeah, and I mean, you know, look, a lot of the chat is talking about uh, the 2015 Cubs, and they spent a lot of that season hovering around 500. They ended up winning 97 games, which was, of course, only good enough to get them a road game uh, in the wild card game. Uh, the that division Jake, was that Jake Arrieta threw a complete game. The division hasn't in. been that good since, right? <laughs> and you know, I think people bring that up because it's just a reminder: like, you just need to get hot at some point in the season. Stay in the race. Do what you can to, to stay in the race. Avoid those like kind of big, long stretches of racking up losses. And you can be in it. And from what we've seen of this NL Central, and I think the NL field is the whole, right? The Mets are struggling. Yeah. Like some of these teams that people thought were going to be running away with things are not really doing that. So yeah. it, the, the competitiveness is there for the taking as far as the Cubs are concerned. So we'll talk uh, more Justin Steele, Matt Mervis, Miguel Amayo, the whole gang uh, in a second here. But, Cody, I uh, want to give you a second to talk about our friends at Pins and Aces. Yeah, so I love Pins and Aces because you can wear their gear whether you're on the golf course or here at the CHGO Sports Studios like I am right now. All right, Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear, and we get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're family-owned. They are a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. 
an innovative product product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keeps drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use code CHGO to get 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's right. Free shipping too, Corey. That's pinsandaces.com. It's a good deal. Our next sponsor is the wonderful Fubo TV. Fubo TV, 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. I love Fubo TV. I live close to Wrigley Field. I go to a lot of games. I don't want to pay for cable. And I don't have to because I can get the Cubs and Marquee through Fubo TV. You can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. You can just sign up and start watching. You also get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. So if you were at work today, maybe you went to the game at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. You want to come home, review the tape of that Matt Mervis uh, first MLB hit and RBI, go through every pitch that Justin Steele threw, or like Jed Hoyer, you want to watch every ground ball that Dansby Swanson <laughs> ever took, he said on the broadcast. You can do that with the Cloud DVR on Fubo TV. Watch your local teams while you are traveling. Big events, of course, going on. The NHL draft coming up the NHL and NBA playoffs. And of course, like I said, you can get the Cubs on marquee. If you want to check out the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago, you can do that too. You can use the link in the description on this YouTube video or in your podcast feed to sign up for 15% off your first month of FUBU Pro. That is FUBO TV. You can go to FUBOTV.com slash CHGO to sign up for your free seven-day trial. Getting, uh, yes, sir. I was just going to say we got 203 people in the chat still uh, or watching. Uh, 80 likes. Can we, I feel like we can hit at least 100, but I want to strive for 150. Can we get 150 by the end of the show? We go an hour. So how much time do we have left, Joey? We have 30 minutes to get to 150. We have 80 likes, 203 watching. Come on, manifesting. I'm manifesting it. Hit That'll that be like the button peak for us, folks. It helps us reach other Cubs fans, uh, get some more folks in the chat, help us have a good time. We appreciate your support Absolutely. here of the CHGO Cubs, Cubs podcast, if I can speak through it correctly. <laughs> can you talk? <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm filling in for Luke Stuckmeyer. There's a lot it's of pressure hard. on me today. You know what I mean? I mean, we can't get elite, like, transitions to ad le- ad reads like not like with, that yeah like luke does i but didn't claim that we do our best um so let's let's talk about matt mervis obviously we know he gets his first mlb hit uh his first mlb rbi it was a, a pretty big insurance run especially you know the marlins got a, a base runner there in that ninth inning it was nice to give mark Leiter jr a little bit of breathing room right uh with that fourth run in the four to one win uh, two strikeouts before that, facing a guy tough on lefties. We saw a little bit of his defense over at first, just receiving balls, you know, getting throws from uh, the guys, a couple stretches. What did you think overall of Matt Mervis in his debut here? Um, You know, I th- listen, Cabrera, like, eats lefties alive. He's a reverse splits guy. He's been a reverse splits guy. I think I tweeted earlier. Lefties were hitting 163 coming into this game against against. I mean, Cody Bellinger didn't do anything against him either. Um, so, in his major league debut to have to face someone that nasty, I mean, great. 
But what I do like, I think the thing I like the most is that they walked Mancini to get to him. Um, which then he's then he proves them proves to them like, hey, you, you probably should you probably should have just gone after Mancini. Um, and I know they wanted the lefty on lefty matchup, but still, like, uh, I just thought that was pretty chef's kiss material that 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 happened. But you know, obviously the insurance run was huge. Um, defensively, I mean, there were a couple low throws I thought he picked up pretty well. They they weren't like you know into the ground, and he had to find a way to pick them that way. But you know, I I thought defensively he was fine. Uh, there there wasn't really a moment where I felt like his defense affected the team. I thought the defense yeah. overall for the team was great today. So he did what he needed to do. Today, yeah, which is and that's kind of what hap- part what you're going to be looking for. Right, and that's kind of like. For first base position, the biggest thing that you probably want out of your first baseman defensively is guys who are really good at, at picking balls at first base. We saw Anthony Rizzo do it for years, right? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and try and predict that Matt Mervis is going to be. How many Gold Gloves does Rizzo have? Four, five of them. Like, I'm not going to say that that he's ever going to get to that level defensively, but he, you know. He's here to hit, right? And he's playing at a position that you need the type, the type, type of power that he brings. So um, I thought overall his debut was, was fine. Uh, would I have liked to see more? Obviously. Um, but I think the, him getting that hit in that big moment, it, you know, it definitely isn't going to hurt his confidence. That's always been my biggest thing with young guys who come up from the minors with a lot of hype is if they do start off a little slow. You know, Chris Bryant struck out, what, three times in his Major League debut. He came back the next day and was fine. I don't remember what he did. I know it took him like a month to hit his first home right. run. But he he gave you productive at-bats. And that's all yeah. I've asked for Matt Mervis to do is to give the Cubs productive at-bats, whether that's working a walk, working seven, eight, nine pitch at-bats that make the pitcher work, um, you know, stuff like that. that. That's all I'm asking out of Matt Mervis. So... Overall, I was per- I'm fine with it. Obviously, I want to see more. We all want to see more, but there's nothing to complain about today for me. Yeah, and you know the the other thing too with Brian. Obviously, it took him a while to hit that first home run. Didn't have a great debut, and he literally went on to win the Rookie of the Year. So like <laughs> yeah. you know patience and and all that. But obviously, uh, I was looking earlier in the chat, and Maggie said that Ross on the post game on Marquis said that he's happy Mervis got his first hit out of the way, hope he enjoys the rest of the day and is ready to go tomorrow. So to the earlier discussion in the YouTube chat about whether uh, we expect to see Mervis back in there tomorrow, sounds like from David Ross, the answer is yes. Uh, I, You know, wondering, like, if we're talking defense, do you think they have Matt Mervis? When do you think they get him practicing standing on the tarp to try to catch the ball <laughs> uh, like Rizzo? That's that's the key play for the first baseman at Wrigley Field, right? Oh, yeah, when you when we can finally see that. I know they're not allowed to anymore. <laughs> but, man, should yeah. they just let him do it one time just so, like, you know, so we can get the vibes? Yeah. That's still one of the more, like, incredible moments in well, Cubs history. He did it, history. like, three times. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's wearing um, 22, you know, 22, 44. Yeah, it's a good synchronicity. Yeah. There. A yeah. little bit of a connection. Um, another, you know, we, we we know Ian Happ hit the home run today. Uh, really nice catch. Uh, you know, reaching over his right shoulder 
and making that catch. I think it was on a Jazz Chisholm ball that yes. was very much, uh, if you're looking at those expected numbers, going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one to nothing at the time. Probably puts the Marlins ahead two to one. Yeah. Uh, very nice running catch out there. And he hits the two-run homer. Uh, we'll get to who you got later. He's going to win because that was my pick. And Stucky's <laughs> not here. Uh, even He's though not he even nervous, in the chat. I'm hosting today, and my guy had a two-run home run, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what else to say. Also, Ravi says he agrees with me. Thank you, Ravi. Go continue. That's good. Uh, I, I I do just you know like we've we've obviously highlighted Ian Happ a lot. We love Ian Happ here on the CHGO Cubs podcast, but he again is sort of just quietly putting together a really really strong campaign here in 2023, and I don't know if we're really talking about it quite mm-hmm. enough uh, right now after. Friday's game, Ian Happ is slashing 300. He's got a 300 batting average with a 422 on base percentage and a 491 slug, a 150 WRC plus. Four homers, 17 RBIs, stolen four bases, a 17.8 walk rate, and a 20% K rate. That walk rate is skyrocketed from where it has been in years past, and he's another guy who year after year after year, you go back to his debut in 2017, a 31% K rate, 2018, 36% K rate, sitting at below 21% right now with a 150 WRC+. plus. Uh, Just a a really amazing start to the season for Ian Happ here. Yeah, I mean, I... uh... I know our, our friend Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation is a Ian Happ stan. I think number uh, one. Yeah, yeah. and he, uh, he tweeted those numbers out earlier. And when he tweeted them, I was like, whoa, like that, those are better than even I expected. And he, like you said, he's just kind of quietly putting up even better numbers than last year. Um, I think he's among the top five in on-base percentage right now, well over 400. What 425? So <laughs> to get that out of the three hole is awesome. To get that out of someone like Ian Happ, you would have told me that three years ago. I would have laughed in your face. Um, you know, we've talked about it plenty of times, man. Like I thought going into last year, you know, I was wondering if the Cubs should non-tender the guy or not, and you know they believed in him and they kept him around. He proved it last year. Was an All Star, gets the extension this year, and he's only continued to ascend. Uh, and on top of it, he's just a really good dude and a friend of this podcast also. Um, so, yeah, it this team this team can go – I don't listen, this team isn't going to win the World Series. Probably not going to win the World Series. I never say never. But maybe if this team if this team makes the playoffs, Ian Happ is going to have a big part in it. He's putting up numbers like this then this team is going to be in it all year long and you know we'll see uh, we'll see where the the season ending numbers are but with him Swanson and Horner at the top it was good to see all three of those guys get it going today cuz on their Absolutely. road trip on the road trip specifically um they all kind of like Swanson had a couple good games but Horner and Hap didn't Hap had a, a couple uh, had a nice little game or two but the other two didn't and then Horner struggled the last couple games on the road but and the other guys all kind of struggled. They, they, they just never kind of sh- – they were never all gelled together at the same time on that road trip. And for this team to be a playoff team, I th- not every single day, but you're going to need at least two of those three to have a good game almost every day. And when I say by have a good game, it's make an impact on the game. Nico, you know, 
Let all, <laughs> yeah, he, he had one of his best games of the week, Nico did today. Um, you know, getting on base, making Cabrera get, I think it was a balk that led him getting to second yeah. and that led to the Cubs scoring the first round He was round dancing of the game. off first yeah, base there, yeah. Right? And, like, you just didn't see a lot of that on the road trip. Um, Swanson had a lot of hard hit balls today, half with the homer. Like, when you those three are are going together on all cylinders, this team is dangerous. So, obviously, I think Ian Happ is the, the, the big key on that because I, I'm very confident in Nico Horner at the top of the lineup, and I'm very confident with Dansby Swanson at short and just, like, what he brings to this lineup. And I'm very confident in Ian Happ, but sometimes, you know, I especially whenever they're facing a lefty, I get a little worried because his reverse – his splits right now to start the year have been a little, have been, you know, very on the side of the left-handed side. So a lot of season left, hopefully it gets better on the right side. But again, when those three guys are hitting, man, like it, this team can be very dangerous. Yeah. And I mean, a, a couple of those plays just really big for in the game, obviously the catch that he made on the Chisholm ball that was headed for the right field corner, uh, excuse me, left field corner. And the home run, I mean, no duh, those are big plays, right? A run-saving catch and then a two-run homer. <laughs> yeah. But particularly for Steele, right? Like, Steele has been so good. He's been so good for, you know, almost a, a full calendar year now, right? Uh, but so many of these outings for Cubs starters, such a razor-thin margin, right? And they're pitching out there kind of knowing, like, especially Stroman these last few starts, like, they know they make a mistake. Mm -hmm. That might be it. That might cost them the game, right? Yeah. And for Hap to make that catch, keep the Marlins off the board, and then push it to, you know, a, a three-run lead for Steele, those are just huge. Uh, mm -hmm. Huge plays to give him a little bit of breathing room and, and allow them to not be pitching on such a fine margin every single time they're out there. We have a couple Super Chats I do want to read. Uh, one from Manuel Rios. The fact that Matt Mervis made a good, solid contact for an RBI single shows we really should have called him up. It was what we were missing. Hashtag vibes with Joey. Wit. We do Wit Joey. love Joey. My guy, Manuel. Podcast. Love you. <laughs> yes, and there you was another it. one. Uh, oh, no, that was it. That was the same one. Uh, yeah. Yep. It, it yeah of course you know and and it was one of those things where we've talked about you need that production I I think maybe eventually as the season goes on he moves more to the middle of the lineup but yeah. you need that production at the back end of the lineup uh, one of the hardest hit balls from a Chicago Cubs player all season it is and again we talked about it when we were asking for some of these guys to come up he didn't do anything in those first three plate appearances but he gets an opportunity to make an impact on this game. And his bat comes through and does just that, which is what we felt this team was missing a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. He's Again, I think just the presence alone is going to help this team because, shit, they walked Mancini to get to him today, and he made him pay. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how things play out. I'm not getting too hyped. I'm not down on him. Um, most of the chat is pretty hyped about him. I, I did see at the beginning of the – the show some people that were a little annoyed but we uh, have uh we have carlos in our youtube chat saying he's on a plane to vegas and he paid for the wi-fi to watch matt mervis's debut that's, that's the energy what we plane need. gets marquee network he, i don't know that, he's got fubo tv maybe on his phone <laughs> I, I don't TV know i'm not yeah. sure but um, I like the energy regardless yeah. of speaking of energy i love this tweet from marcus stroman he tweeted about a half hour ago 
Wrigley was rocking. Steele is the best pitcher in baseball. Say a timely knock. Yes. Cap with the clutch long ball. Mervis, first big league hit in RBI. Lights show. Light show. Closing it out. Today was a good day at Cubs. Yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't touch on it either, but uh, to start this one, Seiya Suzuki with a two-out RBI, a really nice piece of hitting there to bring in Nico Horner uh, in the bottom of the first inning here, set the tone. Uh, we love... We love two out RBIs. Those are those oh, are the yeah. best. Uh, I I like uh, Stroh with the. It's a very concise summary. That's a classic of, John Lester type. Yeah, tweet. it has a uh, who does that? Magic Johnson kind yeah. of vibe. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. just like very literally like <laughs> to the point. Like here's what happened, folks. Um, I remember when John Lester would all, like he would always tweet stuff like that. Uh, like after his starts. Yeah. Right. John was a great tweeter. I miss him. As soon as he as he retired, he was basically like, I'm done. Yeah, on, he's like, I'm getting out of here. Media. I'm going to go fish or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if I can do my best uh, Luke Stuckmeyer impression, you were talking about the energy at Wrigley Field. Cody, I'd like to talk to you about the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. Wow. Like that? Luke Stuckmeyer. Are you watching, you. Luke? I've I, learned from the best. You learn from the best. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping <clears throat> families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Cody. Yeah, Corey, ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. And how does it work, Cody? Well, Corey, let me tell you, an, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific for your goals and needs. These can be done in person or even virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. I was supposed to read that, but did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz, Corey? Yes. Schedule, schedule it, it today, guys. Today. <laughs> that's, that's my bad. <laughs> we anyway, got it. We got it. Yeah. Um, the next one, <laughs> listen, when you're – when you're uh, when you got all these lights, like the lights at Wrigley Field, and you know how they like to light the W. Sometimes you might need your shady rays. You might need your shady rays if you're out at beautiful historic Wrigley Field today. I know I would have if I would have been in left field. Corey, I know you like to sit and you know underneath the upper deck in the grandstand, you know a little bit shadier. But I still feel like you would have needed your shady rays, right? Absolutely. So wore them uh, to the office here today. Right. I did too. So uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even 
On day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets to pediatric cancer cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back exclusively for everyone in the chat, listening on Apple or Spotify, wherever you hear podcasts. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, CHGO, use code CHGO for 50% off two pairs at ShadyRays.com. So not quite as uh, much more succinct. In his words, our our hero of the day, Justin Steele, has logged on to Twitter. And, you know, Marcus Stroman had a lot to say, giving props to everybody. Justin Steele logging on and simply saying W. W. That's it. That Justin Steele, like, he's – he. I love him on Twitter because I know he's actually looking at Twitter. You know how a lot of athletes just have someone else, like, rock their Twitter or whatever. Justin Steele is someone who um, – he's – when he's 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 logging on, he's reading what people are saying, and uh, I love how he interacts with the fans, man. So that's awesome. We do love it. Uh, so again, like it, it, pretty simple recipe for the Cubs today. We do hope to be joined uh, by Ryan Herrera at some point here from beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Um, how many likes we got, Joey? We are one eighteen. I'm still striving. I'm still striving for 150, guys. Come on. Cody, point to your left. Like, just point to your left. To my left? There you go. Uh, yeah, you can there hit the is. like button. Or, you know, subscribe if you not subscribe. Wow, yeah, subscribe. Was, subscribe, that's subscribe a big one. Subscribe. I, Tell your friends. Yeah. That's a good one. Absolutely. You have Cubs fans that, you know. Hop in the chat. Yeah. Listen on your, your podcast feed later. We appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, but while we were sitting watching the game and, and Jed Hoyer, I, I do like when Jed Hoyer's in the broadcast booth. I feel like it's he, he has interesting conversations with... Well, the uh, Cubs are plus 10 when he's in the broadcast yeah, booth, too. Yeah, with Boog, and today it was mm-hmm. Ryan Dempster. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I wasn't sure if you caught it, but you know he was talking about Miguel Amaya and how glad they are to have him and, and talking about um, how calm he is back there and how good he is with pitchers and things like that. It, it did feel a little, uh, you know... Maybe not direct shots at somebody else, but, uh, you know, just praising Miguel Amaya for a lot of the things that they did move on from another catcher for not really having the reputation of doing. I just thought that was interesting. Are you saying something? Are you trying to say something? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, (laughs) you know. It was interesting hearing Jed Hoyer say that. It was also yeah. interesting hearing him tell the story uh, of, you know, talking to Dansby Swanson and telling him that he had sat down and watched every ball he had fielded. I think he said ever, like in the major leagues, like every ground ball. And Dansby kind of was like, why did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a lot man, of time. We're man. giving you a lot of money. I wanted to check yeah. it out. but Well, Swanson had, he had at least two of those plays that were ground balls hit deep in the hole at short. And he does this like slide 
I don't know how to, to describe it, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he slides and is able to pop right up after fielding the ball. And then not only does he do, do that, but he always makes a strong throw to first base. And yeah. I was telling you on the couch, it's like, you know, Javi was, he was a really good defender, right? May, but we always talked about him just doing things like, wow, I can't believe he just did that. But with Swanson, or as my good friend uh, Greg Braggs texted me earlier, what a play by Swansby. He wants me to start using Swansby, so. I like Dan's Bay. I got to be Dan's honest Bay? with you. I think, you know, stealing that from Braves fans, but, mm. you know. S- Swansby, Dan's Bay, whatever. I, I'm, I'm all for, I'm, I'm for all of them. Um, the thing about Swanson, comparably to Javi, I think, in terms of the defense, is I just think Swanson is just a little bit more smoother. with. It. He just makes things look so easy, dude. Like, oh, I got to go deep in the hole and field this backhand sometimes and just sling it on over the first like it's no problem. Fine. Sure. Like, what? Yeah. Like, they, 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 he makes defense look so easy. Like, it's just – like, it's almost like he's just – you know, he's got – a sandwich in his hand or something and he's walking around you know doing his like doing all another job or something like that like that i mean i guess i'm talking about myself doing like like mm-hmm. multitasking re- regular shit he makes that look like that in a way in terms of just multitasking like it, it, i don't know if that's a good uh, good description at all for any of you people but like that's to me that's what it looks like he just makes it all look so easy to where it is almost like he's multitasking out there. I think in like the early going of his Cubs career here, he was a guy who came over and like obviously you knew the reputation he had on defense. You've seen yeah. the awards he's won, just the the general reputation he has around the league. But like seeing it every day for your team, right? And him making those plays for your pitchers and and just getting accustomed to mm-hmm. being able to read the ball off the bat and having that sense immediately like, oh no, Dansby will get that. Like I I know where that's going. I know he's got it. It's different, right? When it when you're seeing it every day and it's for your team, and I and I do think, yeah, like we were talking about Javi, like Javi had a way of making things just look so exciting and uh, have that flash to things. And I, I'm not able to compare exactly how difficult each play is, but right. Dansby, it just looks so smooth. Uh, it's it's a different. They make a lot of similar plays, but they do them in in slightly different ways. Mm. But it's uh, this isn't like Javi Baez slander in any way. Like no, the guy was a great. They're cub. just different. They're just different yeah. players. I, and what my point was is that Javi would do things that you were like, "How did he do that?" And I feel like Swanson does the same thing, but just a little bit more smoother. There's no like, you don't. Anytime a ball is hit to the left side. You always feel like Swanson's going to make that play. Dude, and, and I love – we knew this was going to be a thing, but him and Nico are so beautiful <laughs> up the middle. I, we, are, we are blessed with that, and I mean yeah. the, the, the Cubs pitchers are blessed with that. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know, you saw that too, like a little more contact from, uh, you know, Michael Fulmer in that eighth inning, a little bit of contact I think in the ninth with Leiter, even though he had a strikeout. And you just feel so good about those defenders. Uh, Patrick Wisdom has been better at third base. Last year felt a little uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. Uh, twenty twenty one, he was pretty good over there. But like those two, he did a huge double the play middle, in the ninth just, inning. Actually. Uh, or no, did he did did they get a double play in the ninth inning too? I think they tried to turn one. Yeah. I was, I definitely know they turned a double play when Fulmer was in there in the seventh. He allowed. I think it was a one out hit. 
and they got a double, like they hit a ground ball to, to wisdom and um they ended the inning in yeah. the seventh. So um I guess the only negative I guess you can take from today was was wisdom and that's only cuz mm-hmm. I took him for who you got and he had four strikeouts. Yeah. Um there's not a lot to dislike. Uh, but again, I think he had a tough day at the plate, but sure. he sure sh- he, he didn't make any mistakes defensively, which you know, you strike out four times in a game, sometimes it affects your entire day. Thankfully, it, well, didn't, I, it didn't affect his defense. I think that, you know, with wisdom, too, like, this is also, this is fine. Like, yeah. this is who he is, right? right. Like, You'd right rather now, him be himself than today, else. you had him hitting eighth in the order, yeah. right? And he's in there because he's going to slug sometimes. He's not an average hitter. Uh, He's never going to be, right? And he's going to have stretches where he strikes out relentlessly. But he carried this offense for a good early portion of this season, and you need him in there. You're just going to have to take the lumps. Overall on the year, he still has a 137 WRC+. OPS is uh, still near 900 for Patrick Wisdom. So he's not an average hitter. There's going to be slumps that look real ugly and he's in one right now, but this lineup is going to be at its best when you have someone like him hitting eighth and maybe he hits a home run and goes on one of those home run benders and he's doing it at the bottom of the order. You're not relying on him to be the, the core of your offense. And it helps that he's good defensively because you've seen, we've seen enough on other teams of guys who are strictly there for their their bat to hit home runs and that's it and those guys not be good on defense yeah so um we we do have our guy ryan herrera at ryan underscore a underscore herrera uh welcome in ryan from beautiful historic wrigley field i i assume you can see us but this is Corey, not luke oh can't hear you we cannot hear ryan hold on ryan we cannot hear you we are working to correct that. Let's try now, Ryan. Ryan, under is the TV muted, Joey? No. <laughs> we we are having a a technical issue, Ryan. Uh, but we will. Uh, okay. No, he's turned. Our up. producer Joey is working tirelessly to correct while, this. While we're trying to figure out, we have 133 likes, 167 watching. We, I need, I now? need 17 more. All right, we do there have our is. guy Ryan Herrera here. Ryan, what'd you uh, do? Did you, here. did you have yourself muted? That was definitely on your end. No, I, no, it was on your end. I'm gonna blame you, Joey. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, uh, obviously a very nice win for the Chicago Cubs today. Justin Steele continuing a just incredible stretch of pitching for this team. Big prospect debut uh, for Matt Mervis, also Miguel Amaya's first game in front of a Wrigley Field crowd. How was it out there today at Wrigley Field? Yeah, it was uh, it was a big day, you know, like you said, you know, Miguel Amaya's Wrigley debut and Justin Steele going out and shopping again as like has pretty much been the become the expectation for him at this point. He actually I tweeted it, but he already has a career high in wins on the season. He's 5-0, and and that's he's already the most he's had in his career in a single season through, was it seven starts now? Um, but, yeah, obviously the big news, big thing that happened today was Matt Mervis, MLB debut. Um, everyone's clamoring for it for a while. It finally happened. Um, took a little bit for him to kind of to settle in. I mean, that – the, the, the at-bats, the, the pitches he was seeing early on, like from, from Edward Cabrera, the 
the change at like mid nineties change. <laughs> I think the first one he saw, first pitch he saw in the major leagues was a ninety two point nine mile per hour change up, something like that, um, with movement. So it's obviously it, it was it's tougher than some of the stuff he's seen in AAA lately, but obviously kind of kept with it. And then the bottom of the eighth, yeah, bottom of the eighth comes through his first major league hit. Yeah, just um, big day overall. We've talked about you know just kind of there are some of those wins the Cubs have had this season where it's just overall team wins, good defense, good pitching, good hitting. And that's just kind of where it was today. Um, you know, Hap's home run. It, it, was, it was obviously a good day for the Cubs overall, to, especially to get off that road trip as bad as it was to come in and, and pick up a win and have contributions from all over the lineup and, and, and the pitching staff. It's obviously a good day for, for the Cubs on a Friday, gorgeous Friday today, by the way. Well, and, uh, Ryan, I, I know, you know, looking at your Twitter feed today, I know you were able to talk uh, or hear Jed Hoyer talk, hear David Ross talk on, on Matt Mervis and stuff. Any any quotes or any discussion kind of stand out from the brass about the big debut either before or after today? Yeah, um, you know, something, something from Jed, um, you know, he it was kind of posed like, why, like, why is this the right time? Like, obviously, we've talked about why this is the right time but why it was the right time for Matt Mervis to come up. But, uh, you know, he was asked in you know, his eyes why it was the right time. Um, and he kind of said a lot of the same things that we've said. Like this last week was the offense was uh, was struggling. Like a lot of people were struggling. There weren't just – they just weren't clicking on offense. Um, and he, you know, they, they, he said that they talked to him in spring about the plan. Uh, they wanted just wanted him to go to Iowa, you know, get settled in, work on a few things and, and – you know, maybe this is a little bit quicker than they imagined when they first sent him down, but uh, they felt the time was now. Like he, he had enough plate appearances at Iowa um, that they felt that what he was doing obviously was sustainable, and and it, he had earned that shot. Um, and combined with you know the struggles that they had over the last week, uh, especially at the plate, like it just felt like overall, like the, like the things lined up right. Like he he was doing well, the offense wasn't. Well, that it felt like to them the perfect time to to bring him up and see what he could do. Um, you giving me the floor now? Uh, you can <laughs> if you if you want it. I I was also curious, Ryan. Like, you know, the chat and you know we talked about it too. Uh, any any discussion on on Miguel Amaya? Obviously, everybody's seeing how well he's. He looks good and comfortable behind the plate, but everybody's, you know, seeing those exit velocities on those hard hit balls, and he hasn't had him fall yet. Uh, but he he looks good up there. Are we expecting him to continue to get a look here? Obviously, Jan Gomes is only on the short term uh, injured list. You you brought in Tucker Barnhart on a two year deal. Any any word on kind of what the the feeling is there with Miguel Maya? Yeah, um, I. For, for one, David Ross, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with what Miguel Amaya has been able to do behind the plate. You know, Justin Steele talked him up too, like um, as far as the, the catcher-pitcher relationship goes. But um, David Ross just talked about – he I mean, you mentioned the exit velocity. He's like, he even said he's like he's hitting the crap out of the ball. They just haven't dropped yet. Um, so Miguel Amaya obviously is still searching for that first hit. But, um, yeah, I, I think they like what they see in Miguel Amaya. I don't, I don't have a gauge on, like – if he's going to stay up and remain on the team when Jan Gomes comes back. Um, yeah, I, 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 it might, it may depend what he does over the next, however many days he has left before Gomes uh, comes off the concussion IL. Um, 
I mean, maybe, maybe they keep him up as a third catcher. You never really know for sure. Uh, but for now, they're, I think they're fine. They, they've liked what they've seen from him both behind the plate and at the plate, even though the hit hasn't dropped yet, um, that they are willing to give him a little bit more run right now while Jan Gomes is out. Obviously, Tucker Barnhart's going to uh, be behind there at some point uh, pretty soon. Like he, He's, he's going to be catching at some point, too. He's not gone. <laughs> um, but Miguel Amaya is going to be there and getting some opportunities, too. And I think um, right now David Ross is comfortable with that. I'm curious to to like how they go about that once Gomes is able to come back. And like you said, like they might give him a, a little bit extra run, but it'll be like I I th- I think we can sit here and agree that he's had good at bats. And obviously the MLB like they will catch on, pitchers will adjust and stuff, but um I feel like he's He's definitely performed better than I think any of us could have expected, even though he doesn't have a hit. And the thing is, is like those exit velocities are are so good, over 100 miles per hour in both batted balls today, just unlucky. Um, so I, I think that's a really interesting thing to find out or to learn over the next week because they had Luis Torrens on this roster. Um, I but I also want Amaya to get it consistent at bats. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's going to be – it'll be – again, it'll be very interesting to see well, how a balance, they manage I mean, that. Obviously a balance, too. You know, when he's healthy, this is Jan Gomes' team. This is his pitching staff. That's that's right. become clear, especially just in the results. But uh, you want to do what's best for Amaya. Like, right now, you know, you're, you're if, you, if you decide to send him – you know, you're looking toward the future. You have a very old – stable of catchers right and that doesn't mean that Miguel Amaya needs to stay up and get that experience here but if if he's able to be healthy again and get back to that kind of close to top prospect status you do want to prepare him for hopefully being in the fold going forward here because you're not going to be able to rely on two you know mid-30s catchers forever right yeah that's true yeah yeah I going with my gut I would say that when Jan Gomes is ready to come up Maya probably goes down uh, maybe he probably doesn't go back to triple uh, to double A. He may, he may just go, you know, just one step below to triple A, um, just so he's playing every day. As you mentioned, like this is Jan Gomes' pitching staff, right? Like he's been here for the years, gotten used to catching all these guys. Tucker Barnhart, um, the bat hasn't quite been there, but the he's been better with them, um, you know, defensively or behind the plate. He's been catching the pitching staff pretty well. So um, those are the two guys that as far as what they want and their catchers and and game planning and all the soft factors, like those two do it well. And to add Miguel Amaya into like some kind of rotation there probably doesn't do him. It isn't the best for him, you know, doesn't do him justice. So um, for a guy who still needs, who still hasn't caught a lot in the last couple seasons um, to get, even if he goes to AAA, gets to play mostly every day, catches, just just does all that stuff. Um, I think, if, yeah, if I'm going with my gut, I think that's in the best interest of him and his development. And, like, he's – if another injury happens, he's right there and he at least has some big league experience now. Like, I think David Ross has gotten a good look at him in these last couple games. Um, it's not like – it's a small sample size, of course, but um, he's liked what he's seen so far. Um, and probably if, if the time comes again, which it, it, it may – May very well come again this season. Um, that David Ross is probably comfortable bringing him back up and an action, you know, playing him when he needs to play. Yeah, 
That makes sense. Uh, I do just want to read this one quote uh, that you put out there, Ryan, and then we'll do a quick who you got and get out of here for Friday. Uh, Ryan, you tweeted out at Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera from Matt Mervis uh, on the loud ovation before his first at bat. That was really cool. Obviously the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of, and for people to cheer for me like that was nothing I've ever experienced before. It was a lot of fun. Wrigley Field, folks, beautiful, historic, it's different here, energetic, baby. vibes, whatever you Box. want to call it. Uh, but always love hearing that, and, and you know, for these guys to get that moment like that, they, they've earned it, you want to reward it, and very exciting day at Wrigley Field. Uh, who you got today? Uh, Cody had Patrick Wisdom. That's not happening. Ryan had Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson was one for four, but two strikeouts. Yeah. That one's not going to happen. Uh, Luke Stuckmeyer had the debuting Matt Mervis, one for four with his first major league hit, an RBI, and two strikeouts. Luke's not here. <laughs> I am. So that's not going to happen. Joey had Miguel Amaya. Exit mm. velocity is not going to get you the W, but it was a nice day. It was a nice day. I don't have supreme authority here, but I, you know, on the live studio show, I am rarely the lead host. Luke's not uh, even here. To, I took uh, Ian Happ. Himself. Ian Happ walked, and he had a home run that drove in the the game winning run. The second run of the game was driven in by Ian Happ on the home run, and that won the game. I think I win. I think right? you, yeah. I think you win I as well. I, I appreciate some of the chat. You know, we want to give it to Mervis, but you're not giving it to Mervis. You're giving it to Luke, right? <laughs> Luke shouldn't win because Matt Mervis had a nice, you know, moment, and it's a great moment for the organization, yeah. right? Matt Mervis I gets agree. the credit for that. I don't think Luke does. Yeah. Ian Happ, in a vacuum, had the biggest impact on this game. I think this is me. Luke's not here to defend himself either. It's a bummer, you know? <laughs> Sorry, so, Luke. Corey wants Sorry, Luke. Uh, I'm going to take that W, get out here in the weekend. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Don't forget to use that code CHGO when you sign up at America's top-rated sportsbook. That is DraftKings. We appreciate you joining us for the CHGO Cubs podcast post-game show. The Cubs win 4-1. to one. They get back to 500 at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Two more with the Miami Marlins coming up on Saturday and Sunday, Brendan and I will be with you on Sunday after the game. The crew back, of course, next week for pre and post as the Cubs keep going. Thank you guys for joining us live and on your podcast feed. For Corey, Cody, and Ryan, we will catch you guys later. And as always, go Cubs. <laughs>